What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Dan Caspi, who's a co-founder of Hypernative. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, doing well. Doing well. You know, I miss this uh, interesting times in crypto. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, always is, you know, always is, it seems like. Well, I'm curious to learn more, and I'm everyone listening uh, wants to learn more. What are you working on? Tell us more about Hypernative. Yeah, uh, so... Hypernative actually does something which uh, exists for a long time in non-Web3 world. So uh, practical security uh, components exist for, you know, web applications that prevent risk uh, in real time for, you know, companies that deliver Web2 stuff, uh, protect their servers, protect the network, protect everything. But Web3 is fundamentally different because of how blockchain is structured. And what we have today is that we have large applications, uh, they are called protocols in the Web3 world, but large applications deployed on the blockchain. And they really lack components that can help them with security uh, like we do in traditional software. Uh, so Gal and myself, my co-founder, both come from say traditional software background, uh, a lot of background in security uh, and infrastructure uh, and also FinTech. And we kind of combine that to build something which is basically a risk prevention platform for uh, real time uh for the web3 world uh so so that's kind of in a high level and if you want we can delve in a little, a little bit more yeah i mean let's let's delve in a little more like if someone was to use the product or become a customer or user what are they able to do with it walk us through a little bit of that that experience going a level deeper sure so today we approach uh both protocols and uh DeFi investors so we focus on DeFi, decentralized finance where uh, people utilize various blockchain protocols to mostly make financial investments. Uh, the problem is that often, often, relatively speaking, those protocols get hacked and then the entire the protocol loses its money and the investors are losing their money. Uh, and there are various aspects of risk, which today are not mitigated, are not watched, uh, and there are no warnings to. So we sell to both parties, both the protocols that build those products and the investors that put money in them. Uh, and what we build is a SaaS platform that you subscribe to, uh, and you get uh, both alerts uh, delivered to your whatever mechanism you need, like Slack, Discord, uh, a webhook, whatever you need. Uh, and you get alerts, timely alerts that help you mitigate risk whenever it occurs. And the risk can be across various factors, like security risk, uh, financial risk, and, and other, other kind of risks which are unique to Web3. And walk us through a little bit about the origin of the story here. You know, there's a million things you can work on, just like anyone, but you chose this, this problem, this solution. Why this? What's the origin story? 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, so I think that eventually, you know, I mean, I guess you know, every uh, every startup has its own thing, but uh, you know, Gal and I really wanted to work together on something, uh, and we were looking to do something which for us. Uh, you know, we were looking where there is a missing piece, uh, not do more of the same. Uh, and it takes time to spot something, spot like a vacuum where there is a need. Uh, and when we saw, we just saw like hacks going on in, in the DeFi crypto uh, stage again and again and again. And, and we kind of started looking into it and learning about crypto and blockchain. And it's it's a bit of a learn. So we like, you know, we, we had months and months of like reading and learning and um, and then we really realized that there is a missing component that uh, our background can really fulfill, uh, can really contribute to fulfill. So, you know, it was kind of natural to us to say, well, yeah, we can see how we uh, import the primitives from our backgrounds into that background. Uh, so so that's kind of how it went by. Uh, it's now we see like a wave of startups by founders who are not what they call crypto natives. Uh, and I think it kind of symbolizes the maturity of the of the industry that you see people coming from like rich software background, uh, bringing a bit, you know, like of what they've learned into and learning about crypto. So I, I think it's a kind of a trend that we're seeing. 100%. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I'm curious, you know, if that's kind of where you got started, what does the future look like with Hypernative? I mean, if you were to look out 5, 10, 15 years, what's the big vision here and what direction are you rowing in? Um, you know, as a small startup, I think that uh, our we're kind of focused on really delivering value and and you know showing that the product really helps. And I think that over the past even the past few weeks, uh, whoever follows us on Twitter or, or on LinkedIn can see that our platform already helped uh, several protocols and and really kind of can save millions in real time. Um, so I think kind of the next steps we're looking for is really to bring the product to as many users as possible um, and really help the Web3 ecosystem get a better uh, kind of risk prevention and uh, like SecOps as it's called in Web2 uh, component. Um, and you know, like every other startup, you know, you wanna just be as big as you can and, and uh, but it's small steps and we're taking them and we're really happy with the pace because we see a lot of, we see a lot of traction. We see a lot of demand for this. It's like. You know, you're talking to protocols who are putting in like hard work and a lot of money into it. And then when something happened, they have no plan. They have no system to help them. So it's kind of like a really missing component. And we can feel that uh, to whoever we talk to. And, you know, in order to to get big or as big as you can and fulfill the vision, like you obviously need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is how can the forward founders community, forward founders community help? Are you hiring you're raising money, looking for customers, users, partners, you know, how can we assist? Yeah, so I think at the moment, uh, you know, we had the luck to have great founders, uh, great funders, uh, great uh, VCs that helped us and, and a group of angels that really helped us. Uh, and I think the the thing that kind of uh, is uh, most assisting at the moment is getting feedback from more and more customers. We already have quite a bit of customers on our platform. And I think uh, the more we get customers to use the platform, various kinds of customers from various backgrounds and uh, the better the product will be. So I think that's one thing that probably uh, can assist. And uh, and of course, you know, when, whenever there is, you know, someone who likes what we do, because, uh, you know, we're looking for skilled individuals who like uh, to work on those things that I mentioned. And um, 
preferably that they also have a passion for Web three. It's not not the not not the demand, but uh, it's always nice to have. Uh, so yeah, that's also something that you know could always help. Fantastic. And for my last question, if someone wanted to learn more about your brand, your product, you know, you, you two as founders, you know, what uh, what can they do to find you online? Do you have a website? Do you have social media, an email address? I know you mentioned Twitter. You know, how can people connect? Yeah, so we have hypernative.io is our website um, and they can follow Hypernative Labs on Twitter. Uh, whoever is kind of familiar with, you know, Web3 things. So like Twitter and crypto goes hand in hand really well. Uh, a lot of things going on on Twitter when it comes to crypto. Um, and we give a lot of interesting updates on our uh, Twitter account. Like we identify hacks and we report them and we give an analysis of those hacks. And we have the blog that we also uh, we also share some of our findings. And I think that whoever is interested in the kind of security, Web3, blockchain, crypto uh, crossroads, then probably can can have a look. And, and I believe they'll like the content. 100%. I, I I do agree. Twitter is the spot for so many industries, crypto being uh, one of them for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, it's really, I think what you're building solves a massive problem that a lot of people have felt the pain of, of the outcome of. So hopefully you solve that problem and I'm going to be watching, watching as you build it out. So thanks for coming on. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks. 100%. Bye. Bye.